the biggest one is, is when the story is boring. And no matter how quote-unquote good the story is, it's no good if it doesn't hold people's interest. Hey, podcast listener. You're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the Email Marketing Podcast or the Autoresponder Guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, it's John McIntyre here, the Autoresponder Guy, and it's time for episode 73 of the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, where you get nitty-gritty techniques, tips, and strategies to make more money with email marketing and sales funnels in your business so you can have a kick-ass lifestyle and do pretty much whatever the hell you want. Whether it's live in beautiful, sunny Thailand, it's actually rainy season right now if I look out the window, or you want to play with your kids or go snowboarding or you know live in the Arctic Circle, whatever floats your boat. Now, today I'll be talking to David Garfinkel. David Garfinkel is a hell of a copywriter, okay? He's the world's, right now, he is the world's greatest copywriting coach. And uh, his clients tend to become leaders in their niches. Now, we're going to talk about that, including who those clients are, or a couple of them, in this interview. He's also the moderator of John Carlton's Mastermind. So this guy is one of the top copywriters in the world, and he's also the greatest copywriting coach. And he's also available to coach you if you're, uh, you know, if you're up for it. And uh, we'll talk about that in the show today as well. Now, copywriting DNA story format, that's the topic for today. He's got a couple different story formats that we're going to run through that uh, you can use in your emails, in your sales letters. Uh, anytime you tr- you need to persuade someone to do something. A story is a fantastic piece you can add to the recipe to really pump up the persuasion power, pump up the selling power of what you're trying to achieve. Okay, now these are very simple stories. You'll recognize them, but uh, what's great about David is that he breaks it down and makes it uh, quite simple to execute on, to take his you know, storytelling format or the copywriting DNA story format and take that and come up with your own story that's going to work with it. Okay, He's a great teacher, which is why he's the world's greatest copywriting coach. Now, to get the show notes for this episode of the Email Marketing Podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash 73. 73. Now, this week's McMaster's Inside of the Week is, I've mentioned this, I mention this everywhere, Inside McMaster's, on the blog, on the podcast, is this, handwriting sales letters, okay, that's taking old school sales letter and old school ad, those long form direct response ads you might see in the newspaper, taking a pen and paper and sitting down and literally writing it out by hand. I did this for uh, about one hour a day for, I'd say, I think it was, must have been six months, and I got through, I think it was at least 100 sales letters because I tracked it in a uh, spreadsheet. Now that, I really credit that, that time, which was, I haven't been doing it lately, but uh, I credit that period, which was probably about a year or two ago, with really giving me the sort of copywriting chops and the marketing knowledge that I have today. It built a really solid foundation. And whenever someone asks me how to become, how can they become a great copywriter, the first thing I suggest they do is to go and do that. And really, you're just studying old school pieces of copywriting because sales and persuasion doesn't really change. Psychology doesn't change much. So you go and study that. And even if you're not writing long form sales letters for your business, or working with freelance, you know, working as a freelancer or with clients or anything like that, you're still going to develop an incredibly deep understanding of what you've got to do to persuade someone to do something. Okay. Now, so we talk about the McMasters. If you want to learn more about uh, sort of handwriting sales letters or find a good product that's going to you know help you do it, I recommend Copy Hour, which is what I did. It's by a friend of mine, Derek Johansson. If you go to uh, if you go to Google and search for McMethod, two simple steps, you'll find an article that I've written called uh, Two Simple Steps to Becoming a Freelance Copywriter. That's where I break down sort of my journey and what's worked for me and also there's a link to copy hour which you can uh, click on and go sign up to that and get started with handwriting sales letters 
That's it from the McMaster's Insight of the Week. If uh, McMaster's is my private trading community, there is a forum. There are several products inside that forum. We have monthly training webinars. We call them the McMaster's Roundtable. And uh, it's just a great, cool place where it's about uh, you know getting better at email marketing and sales funnels and paid traffic and split testing and all that stuff. Basically, helping you make more money in your business. It's a very simple value proposition. Okay, now if you want to learn more about that, go to themcmethod.com slash McMaster's or just go to themcmethod.com and in the top menu, there is a link to the sales page. Now that's it on that. Let's talk about uh, one review this week from Enoch Sears. Enoch, uh, a subscriber actually on my list, he's been getting some great results with consulting, and uh, you know he's a, just an all-round great guy. So he's got a review here: five stars. Not just about email. Anyone interested in making more money or running a real business would do well to listen to John's interviews. Hopefully, your competitor isn't listening. He's nabbed the best and brightest on and offline marketers for his show, and he manages to squeeze valuable insights from them again and again. Well done. John, keep up the great work. This show is my current favorite. Enoch, thank you for the review and I'm honored to be your current fave podcast, current favorite podcast to listen to. And uh, I mean, keep sending me emails. I like it. I like getting the emails from you, brother. Now, if you want to leave a review, you can do so in iTunes, follow the clunky interface, search for the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast and you'll find a place to leave a review. Now, that's it from me for now. Let's get into this interview and talk to David Garfinkel. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with David Garfinkel. Now, David uh, is one of the world's greatest, or he is the world's greatest copywriting coach, and uh, many of his clients have become leaders in different niches. Now, one example that I like is uh, Chris Haddad. He's the guy that did Text Your Ex Back, which was a huge dating product, or is a huge dating product on ClickBank. The whole idea is you use a few text messages and you get your ex-girlfriend back. And uh, he's also, David's also the moderator of uh, John Carlton's Mastermind now. He's always helping out with John Carlton and sort of making sure that that uh, is a huge win for everyone involved. David, how are you going? Oh, great. Thanks for the intro and nice to be here. Yeah, I've been um, coaching people in copywriting and coming out with online courses for almost 15 years now. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, John, because the, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I mean, the, the hot thing right now is video sales letters, right? VSLs, uh, as opposed to the written sales letter. But the same basics apply. There are, there are subtle differences and so forth. But, you know, storytelling, um, making, you know, an experience real through the written word, it's all the same. It's been that way for as long as we've had written words. And it's, it's a lot of fun to me. Uh, I started out as a business journalist and, you know, I did well. I did really well. I'm became the San Francisco bureau chief for McGraw-Hill World News, but it wasn't me. And so I found my way into copywriting about 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. And I just love this field. I love the people in it and, and the work that we do. Okay. Okay. So you, so what, what did you do over the last 20 years? Like, just give me a quick rundown of what uh, what sort of happened over the last 20 years. You started writing copy and then you did direct mail stuff? Yeah, I did. I did direct mail. Um, I had a stunning home run early on. I wrote a letter for a small company that turned into $40 million worth of business for them. And it's um, almost embarrassing when you when you have that big. I mean, I have had some other multi-million dollar promotions, but I've never done anything like that since. Um, I met Jay Conrad Levinson, the grill market guy a few years and he asked me to write a book called Gorilla Direct Mail with him because I'm just sort of a natural teacher. I love to do it. Um, that book never got written, but we did two others together and we did a um, we did an audio book. I don't even know if it's in print anymore called Gorilla Copywriting. So yeah, um, you know, I, I basically worked my way up the ranks like anybody else does when you first get started. Mm. You know, worked, worked too hard for too little money. And finally, when I really got it, people just kept asking me to teach them. And that's how I got here. So I spent, oh, maybe 
maybe half my time coaching and teaching and creating products and half my time actually writing copy for my own businesses and, and suppliance. Okay. So as well as doing the copywriting coaching, you're also, uh, you've got several of your own products that you're writing copy for. Oh, yeah. I have, you know, the copywriting education products, and then um, I've got something I'm going to be working on in, a, in the financial services industry. I really can't talk about too much yet because it's, it's premature. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, which I guess every copywriter is or should be because, you know, I mean, think about it with one sales letter, if you can create $40 million for a business, that's pretty entrepreneurial. Now, I'm not saying you can or I ever could again, but that's not, you know, just being an artist uh, putting beautiful words together. It's creating business. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, let's get into some of the content. You mentioned a couple of different topics. The one I thought was uh, is the most interesting is this copywriting. You call it the copywriting DNA story format. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, one thing I talk about a lot on this podcast was the other guests is just the power of stories, because it blew me away before I sort of got the hang of storytelling and, and how persuasive it was. I didn't really get it. But then after the fact, you know, when you start, when you get good at it, you see how, you know, with a good story, you can make, I've done it with friends at bars or parties and things like that. With a good story, you can make anyone almost believe anything. So uh, sure. I love talking about stories, and uh, that's why I thought we'd go down this line. So tell me about this copywriting DNA story format. Sure. I've, I've had seven of them. I'll, I'll share three of them with you now. We, we don't have enough time for all seven. But one thing I like to say is people can argue with an opinion. Uh, these days, they argue with your facts. But the truth is, nobody argues with the story. We're sort of wired to listen to them. There are some theories, which I buy into, that stories were the original way the human race survived. Before we had writing, we would convey wisdom you know, about that saber-toothed tiger in the woods and how you need to keep yourself safe, you know, when you're out there. Um, and, you know, stories about stories that are metaphors. So stories, is, I think, are how wisdom has been passed down and somehow neurologically we're wired to be entertained by stories. I, I know I certainly am. Mm. I, I love good story. I love to, you know, watch watch good shows on TV, good movies, and a, a good storytelling. What I did when I you know, got serious about teaching people copies to start to go through lots of ad sales letters and other promotions to find out what were the common elements and found several themes that I call copywriting DNA. So you want me to share a few of them now? Yeah, let's get stuck into it. Let's do it. All right. Well, the first one is what I call uh, from humiliating defeat to triumphant victory. And, you know, this is one of the most universal stories. You can see that in a movie. You can see it in stories in the Bible. You can see it in great legends. You can see it in the theme of a fairy tale. That's not a coincidence because these are themes of stories that inspire people. And when you use this in your copy, we're, we're almost programmed in a way, you could say, to listen for a story, to start rooting for this underdog hero. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced mm. that. At a movie when, you know, a guy's down in his luck and he's trying so hard and he deserves to succeed and just get, you know, beaten back at every turn. Um, let, let, me, let me tell you a story that is actually one of the best copy stories in all of history. And it starts, oh, almost 100 years ago in Coney Island in Brooklyn, New York. It's summertime, sun is hot, and you're at the beach, and you can feel the sand beneath your feet. The breeze is cool, but your feet are hot. You can smell the hot dogs in the air and smell all the food. Waves are rolling in. You get the picture. It's a beach in the summer. And off in the distance, you see this young man lying on the beach on a beach towel. And there's a nice girl next to him. This is a skinny guy, and he's with his girlfriend. And suddenly this big hulk of a bully comes up to him and kicks sand in his face. And, and he shudders, and his girlfriend says to him, well, what are you going to do about it? And he says nothing and shrugs his shoulders. He's looking at this bully. The bully laughs at him, you know, 
insults him and walks off. Well, a girlfriend leaves, and she doesn't want to be around a guy who's not going to protect her, right? So you flash forward a year. It's the same beach and the same people, except now this guy is pretty bulked up. So the bully comes up to him and says, there's that little squirt again, and he kicks him. The same guy gets up, and he beats the living crap out of the bully. His girlfriend is all over him. She's so excited to imagine what happens next with them. And I'm going to stop the story here, but let me ask you something. Do you recognize that story? Oh, yeah. Can you can you place it? Do you know what it is? Oh, can I place it? Isn't that, that's from a... I remember that being from, that's from a sales letter. No, it's actually a comic strip. It's probably also found its way into a sales letter. Um, a copywriter named Charles Roman wrote it, an Hatton, New York copywriter. He wrote it about an Italian immigrant who was from Acri in Calabria, and the immigrant's name was Angelo Siciliano, but uh, he changed his name to Charles Atlas when he came to the U.S. And the name of the comic strip was The Insult That Made a Man Out of Mac, From Humiliation to Victory. And it's it's a for muscle building course called the Charles Atlas Dynamic Tension Course. And that I haven't checked like this year, but as of a couple years ago, it had been running solid in certain magazines as a comic strip for 70 to 80 years going. So, you know, wow. you, you can see the elements of the story there. Here's this guy. He was mm-hmm. humiliated, uh, and then he was hurt after he was humiliated by his girlfriend, you know, just walking away, this guy laughing at him. He decides to do something about it, and he goes from, you know, that humiliation initially to a triumphant victory when he beats the guy up a year later when he tries to bully him again. You can you can apply that story to, to just about anything. It doesn't have to be about muscle building or, or bullies, but it, it can be about being defeated and you know, getting up, dusting yourself off, making the changes in your life, whatever that you need to make. And it's a, it's a fascinating story. It's interesting to me as I tell it, and, and um, I've been talking about this on and off for at least 10 years myself. So, yeah, there's something about that. That's, that's one of the copywriting DNA things from humiliating defeat to triumphant victory. Okay? Okay. Okay. One thing that uh, I think is worth pointing out is I think sometimes, you know, I've done this before when I was uh, copywriting. I think that, well, if I just tell a story, someone's going to believe me. And uh, that might be true. A story is going to be more persuasive than just telling them the facts, which in that case might have been, you know, buy this muscle building game. Wait. But what's really important, or probably the most important part, is that the story is something that resonates with uh, the prospect or the person. So in this case, with this, uh, you know, the, the, probably the, the skinny guy on the beach, skinny, the whole idea is the reason it works is not because it's just a story. It's because that story resonates with skinny guys everywhere because they've had to put up with bullies in school and in college and maybe on the beach. Oh, yeah. Very good point. Yeah, a, a story is much more believable when you can identify with the hero, and, and that is one of the great secrets about making a story work. And that's why I always advise writers to start with a true story and, and report it as fact. Now, you don't have to end up with that same story, but if you don't have a lot of experience constructing stories, you may not be able to pull something out of whole thought. On the other hand, if you start with a true story... You have the basics and the facts there. Then you obviously want to trim it down, start as late as possible, and, you know, just have the interesting, exciting details. And you can change facts if you don't want to. Um, obviously, you got to be careful with copywriting, um, especially if the story's a claim about a product and how it works. And Boy, that's a, a long conversation, but essentially if you're <laughs> promising a certain kind of performance about a product, you'd better be able to back it up. But there, there are other kinds. You know, that story... Obviously, no one's going to think, well, 
if I do the dynamic tension system, I'm going to be able to beat bullies up. Uh, you know, that's different, right? And it's not like the guy said, well, you know, I gained three inches of muscle in my biceps and my cholesterol level went. I mean, that's different when you start to make real specific claims. But uh, I'm sorry if yeah. I'm going off on a tangent, but I wanted to make that point. No, it's a great point. I think the interesting part, though, is that I think when, with a good story that really you don't necessarily even need them for it to be persuasive. So that you can like a, a vague claim about beating up bullies, and no one no one's really going to go out and beat up bullies if they get you know big and ripped. That's not the point. But that because that resonates, it's still very very powerful. Yeah, and and that's one thing stories do. When you have very specific believable events in them, people will generalize. They will take that one story. And they'll say, okay, well, I don't really have to worry about beating up bullies, but I want to look good at the beach, or I want to look good at the club, or I want to have more energy, or I want my girlfriend to stop bugging me about, um, you know, letting my uh, muscles tone go or, or whatever. People, people will fill in blanks, but if, if you have a very general story with nothing specific, it's not very believable. So, you know, if you started talking about this in terms of, well, some people aren't in as good shape as they could be. And if you are like that and, you know, you could do it. I mean, first of all, it's boring. It's it's idiotic. I mean, hopefully no one will do that. But you see the difference between that. Mm -hmm. And I took you to a time, a place. Um, I put you on this beach where, you know, you could feel the sand and smell the hot dogs. It seemed very real because of those real details. Mm. One thing, uh, just to bring it back to email, we talk about email marketing on this podcast, and uh, the reason I love email marketing is because you can take like it's my way of doing email, and uh, you know, several other people I know is you take uh, you know a simple story like that, make it you know 200 or 300 words, and then you have a pitch at the end. And uh, I mean, one side benefit of doing email that way is that you get so you end up writing a lot of email, and what that does is that means is you end up writing a lot of stories, so you kind of continually hone this storytelling ability when you realize that you can sort of take anything and turn it into a, a an interesting story. It's quite fascinating. Yeah, you're, you're right. And I I love emails. Um, I, I don't know if you read Ben Settle. I love this stuff all the time. And uh, boy, he's able to tell a good story in two, three hundred words. I'm sure you are too. Once you get the practice, you learn, you know, there are certain elements you, you need to set up and challenge and, you know, the uh, transformation and the result. Right, set up challenge. I mean, so you can do that in two or three hundred words. If you're sort of wordy, then you may need a little practice, but that's entirely possible to do. It's, it's not really hard once you get the hang of it. Let's talk about. Uh, you said you had three stories, or storytelling format. So, what's storytelling format number two? Okay, um, this one's called turn trash into cash. Okay, <laughs> turn trash okay. into cash. Um, <laughs> so. You know, obviously there's a there's a real story there. Um, it's a, a major online business, eBay, and um, the the CEO of eBay later ran for the governor of California. Now I think she's in charge of another Silicon Valley company, Hewlett Packard. And I've seen this a lot when I was a kid. I used to see these uh, ads for coins. I used to be a coin collector, and they said if you have a 1945D nickel, it's worth blah blah blah. And so people go through their coins. Um, they used to run these ads in Popular Science about worm farms, and they would tell this story about how you could take earthworms and breed them and then sell them. Well, the first two parts were true. Uh, it wasn't quite so easy. There's no one who wanted to buy your worms, you know. But mm. it was a good story. It got me to send away for it. And actually, uh, one of my subscribers on, on my world copywriting newsletter wrote to me, told me that he'd been into that too. In fact, uh, Jimmy, President Jimmy Carter's brother, was selling this uh, little ebook or a little, it wasn't an ebook at the time, it was like 50 years ago, but, you know, this little manual on how to 
you know, sell earthworms. So, you know, um, I mean, this is almost, you know, the fable of the, al- the, uh, the, the fable of so much as the archetype of the alchemist that turns lead into gold. But it, it is a very yep. appealing human story. And, uh, you can probably think of examples yourself where people. So this is a, is this mainly for, for if you're selling like a sort of a, biz, a business hub or can you use this anywhere? I, I, I think you could use it anywhere. Um, I mean, you might be selling a book to women who are trying to save money and they have clothes that are out of fashion and, you know, here are a few patterns that you can use to make your clothes look like new. Uh, you can see how much I know about women's fashion. That's probably totally impossible. Right? But, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, any, you know, this is really the story of adding value, right? It's, it's what we do as entrepreneurs. So you, you can apply it to just about anything. And, of course, people who can do this, you know, if you're trying to tell a story about a guy who came in and turned around a, a company that was dead or bankrupt, that's sort of the same thing, too, right? Turning trash into cash. So it, it fits yep. in a lot of different contexts. Yeah, I mean, these are not narrow purpose stories. These are the kinds of stories that, that are sort of universal and I, I found were, were showing up over and over again in copywriting. Right, so that's the whole idea of like the copywriting DNA. So you can take a story like this and yeah. use it anywhere. What What do you think about, I think it was Kurt Vonnegut who's got the, well, a lot of people have talked about it, but Kurt Vonnegut, no idea if I'm saying his name right, the yeah, Vonnegut, storytelling uh, archetype. Yeah, Kurt Vonnegut. So he's got, I remember reading, it was, a, it was on a form in through like the seven different types of stories. So this was similar to, to what we're going through here. Is that to, what, uh, to your stories or is that a different thing? I'm not familiar with him. I, I really enjoyed his novels, but I, I've never seen that. But um, it, they may be different. I, you'd have to tell me what they are because I don't, I don't honestly know. I mean, there are people that say there are only four plots or 20 plots or, you know, I mean, stories. So, okay, here, this might be a better answer for you. Stories are about change. Stories are about somebody who wants something or needs something or is afraid of something, and they cannot go on in their life the way they are. And so something mm-hmm. happens to them or they make a decision or they go on a journey to make some kind of transformation, some change, and then they end up. Better, or if it's a really tragic story, and we probably wouldn't use this, except maybe if we were talking about a competitor's product, we probably wouldn't use this in copywriting. <laughs> you know, it's a tragedy; they may turn out worse, or they may die. So they're they're. But well, you could do that. Th- sure, you could. I mean, you could use a tragedy story for you know showing what would happen if someone didn't use the product. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that would probably probably be much safer than than inviting a lawsuit from one of your competitors. Yep. <laughs> You could you could insinuate that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. So yeah. I I got a third one if you want. Let's and do it. I don't know if this would be in Kurt Vonnegut's list, but it works great in marketing and advertising. The name of this DNA is structure is you worked hard and you deserve a reward. You know, and uh, we we even so I, I guess you've been in Australia and Thailand. Uh, in America for a while, McDonald's had a, uh, a, a TV commercial that said, you deserve a break today, right? Same thing, right? Why do you deserve a break? Because you worked hard and you deserve a reward. You can yeah. go, go mess up your blood sugar at McDonald's. Um, and, oh, so again, this, this is sort of in the past, in the 80s, um, which is, what, about 30 years ago. Um, there was a guy named Joe Carbo, who's one of my heroes, a great copywriter, great teacher of copywriting, Carbo with a K, K-I-R-B-O. He had a little book called The Lazy Man's Way to Riches. And to my mind, that title 
you know, has the implication woven into it that you worked hard and you deserve a reward, meaning um, you have worked hard all of your life, um, but, you know, you've only made a living, not a fortune, and now you deserve an easier way to make all the money that you deserve. Yeah. And he, he sold yeah. millions. Oh, my God. I don't know how many books he sold. He, he made, he used to run full-page ads in the Los Angeles Times, and they would make two or three times the ad cost back, you know. Uh, amazing. Mm, interesting. Just with that book, huh? Yeah. And he did a lot of other things, too. He did real estate education courses. He did um, gambling systems. God knows what else he did. I don't I don't know his whole career. I never met the guy. I, I know people who've met him, but I don't, I never met him myself. I remember uh, he, his, he, I think his sales letter was one of the first ones I wrote out by hand when I was doing the, the whole handwriting exercise. Oh, it's it's excellent, isn't it? And, and, you know, he tells story after story in there. You know, and he talks about yeah, it was one you know, big story begging the the bank for a loan, and you know himself, and now they're um, he's giving them loans a hundred thousand dollars a crack with the CDs or however that went. I mean, yeah, he, he's a great storyteller <laughs> for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, so that's from humiliating defeat to triumph and victory to trashing the cash, and it's you've worked hard and you deserve a reward. So just with this last one, you can. Uh, you could be selling anything, any like especially with a product where someone's um, gonna like enjoy it. They're not sort of gonna have to work hard, even harder. Like like McDonald's use it with their food. You could use it with that. Can I make someone relax and have fun? It's like you worked oh, yeah. hard. Now you deserve a reward, and the reward is our product. Exactly, that would work very well. Okay. So what about uh, one thing I thought would be interesting to ask you before we uh, before we wrap it up? Was I know you, you've got a number of coaching clients, and you've probably seen you know, good things and bad things when working with uh, with people one on one like that. I'm curious, uh, mistakes do you see people make when it comes to storytelling? That's a good question. Um, you know, people make a lot of mistakes. I mean, the biggest is when the story is boring, and you know, no matter how quote unquote good the story is, it's no good if it doesn't hold people's interest. A lot of times, people don't include dialogue. In stories, there should be people talking to each other. There should be people interacting. Stories are about, are about people, not about products and technology, you know. And mm. and so stories lacking human drama are often boring. I think the other problem is often stories are too long. People um, in the beginning tend to put too many details in it, which is good, but when you put too many details in it, you're not done yet. In fact, I, I love this, <clears throat> this uh, phrase from Joe Carbo. He talked about the RCA principle. You remember that? You build the best radio you can, and then you take out as many parts and see if it's still working. And when you get down to the minimum number of parts, that's what you sell. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Same thing with a story or or with an email, right? With anything. I mean, you write it out as long as it needs to be, and then you see whatever you can cut. You know, how can I substitute a shorter sentence? How can I substitute a, a, a one-syllable word for a two-syllable word? How can I make this flow better? So I guess one one problem is thinking that because you're a smart person and, you know, you're successful, you can get everything done in one take. You can get everything done in one time, not not going back and editing and, and really, you know, looking at it in what we call the cold light of day, you know, um, actually taking some time to to refine it to take it to the next level to really give it that craftsmanship that it needs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So really, just 
just take a bit more time to sort of, oh, obviously it's got to be interesting, so make sure it's about people. And then uh, really take that, re- that reminds me of, like, that's such a classic uh, just writing tip of writing, which is basically remove. If you can, well, if you can say something with less words, then say it with less words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up right here. Before we go there, we talked about, uh, you mentioned your coaching program, mm-hmm. and you also have a book on Amazon. So let's talk about that. Sure. Well, my coaching program is for somebody who I, I think probably my best clients these days are people who have their own businesses. They understand the power of copywriting and direct response stories of, of video, of scripts, of emails, and they'd like to get better at it. I, I have one client right now as a $7 million software company, and he's been writing copy for 20 years, and he's good. I mean, he's built a company off of his copy, but he's finding that, you know, a fresh set of eyes and someone who's worked with a lot of business owners like me can can help him take things to the next level. I also work with copywriters who really want to be the best. You know, Chris Haddad, a.k.a. Michael Fiore, is a great example. Chris is just unstoppable. He's very, you know, very driven guy, very successful, and um, as you said, top-selling bank products. So th- those are, you know, those are the, the two types of, and I, I have a number of other people who become really successful freelance copywriters. In Chris's case, he was a freelance copywriter. Now he's become a business owner. So I guess that he bridges both categories. Um, so yeah, that's why I do. It's a year-long program. It, it'll be the hardest course you've ever taken in your life because I, <laughs> I push people, you know, and, and, and learning to write copy was harder than anything I'd ever done too. And gosh, it's worth it. Um, I'll give you a URL. It's garfinkelcoaching.com, G-A-R-F-I-N-K-E-L-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. Um, and, and there's some information. Someone's interested in that. Um, also, I, I do sales letter critiques. I've, I've worked for many top people. Some of them would not like me to use their names, but trust me, I, I have. And uh, so there's information about the critiques on the page, too. And the other thing is I have an Amazon bestseller out called Breakthrough Copywriting. It's uh, available only as a Kindle right now. My publisher asked me if we can release it as a hardcover or not, maybe a softcover. It's a print book, and that's not going to be available for several months, but you can get it on Amazon right now. I just type in Breakthrough Copywriting or David Garfield will break the copywriting. And uh, as Amazon says, you can be reading it in less than a minute. There's that. <laughs> Cool. Okay. Well, I will link those uh, those for the coaching and the Amazon book uh, breakthrough copywriting on uh, the website at themethod.com so people can get the show notes there and get the link. Yeah. Well, thank you, David. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about storytelling. You're welcome. My pleasure. Nice to talk with you. Now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.